helping realtors on Vancouver Island stay connected, current, and on the cutting edge. This is the Vancouver Island Real Estate Show. Here's your host, Braden Wheatcroft. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. This is the Vancouver Island Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Braden Weecroft, and thank you so much for tuning in today. Well, one thing we know is change can be difficult. And in this real estate industry, particularly in 2018, there has been a lot of change. We've seen changes with the uh, Minister of Finance making lending more difficult. We've seen changes with uh, how we can conduct ourselves with agency. Uh, and we've seen a lot of changes at uh, both a board level and, and, and a broader national level. Uh, but you know what? Change doesn't always have to be a bad thing. In fact, where there's change, often there's opportunity. And what we're going to uh, circle around to today and really focus on is talking about the new agency changes. If uh, you haven't been paying attention as of June 15th, there have been some pretty um, drastic changes to how agency works around disclosure, when you're supposed to introduce uh, agency relationships to buyers and sellers of real estate. And uh, one of the things that, that was sort of uncertain were whether or not this meant this was going to be the end of real estate teams as we know it. Uh, spoiler alert, it hasn't been. In fact, there are a lot of teams that are doing just as well or even better than June 15th. And, and uh, we're going to be chatting with one of them today, which is the Charlie Parker team based out of Nanaimo. Uh, they're licensed at Remax in Nanaimo. We're going to be talking with the team leader, Graham Parker. He's also the lead listing agent. And we're going to be chatting with his associate, uh, Ashley Metcalf, who works both buyers and sellers uh, but really works hard on the buyer side of the business. And we're going to hopefully glean some best practices and insights about how their business models changed, uh, if it has changed at all since June 15th. And we're going to talk about how are they continuing to be successful. So with all that being said, please join me in welcoming Ashley and Graham to the show. Graham, Ashley. Good afternoon. Hey, how are you doing? We're here. I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> Hey, I Ash. Can hear both of you. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, I really appreciate you guys uh, being willing to step up and have this conversation. I know that uh, there's a lot of uncertainty the months leading up to June 15th, and frankly, the couple months past it. So, your guys' willingness to share and, uh, you know, maybe a few scars, maybe a few success stories is, is really appreciated. So, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's awesome. So, I'm going to start with you, Graham. Um, I, I would love to have a conversation with you first before we talk about how your day-to-day -day listing side of the business is, has changed uh, and more from the perspective of being a team leader. So um, if you don't mind sharing, you know, when you talk about some of the changes that have come around, like how did you prepare for this with your team? Like what was going through your mind as we led into June 15th? Well, we had a lot of uncertainty uh, leading up to the 15th. Um, at the time we had myself, Ashley, two other agents that were working on our team. Uh, so we weren't sure how it was all going to roll out after June 15th, uh, the, the rules came into play. So we were going down a road of making dramatic changes, separating everybody off the team. So you're affiliated, but not affiliated. And, uh, through all of that, um, we kind of have come full circle and our model is actually today not terribly different from what it was before the changes came into play. 
I think we've realized that uh, as long as we're educating the consumer and letting them know, you, using the correct forms, of course, but letting them know what our relationship looks like, um, the, the road bumps, or sorry, the bumps in the road, I guess we should say, have, have smoothed out quite a bit after we've had some time with these rules. Mm-hmm. Well, and you mentioned uh, a couple bumps along the way. So uh, obviously, we're still figuring it out. I mean, I think we're, we're, it's too soon to say we've got it all perfectly mapped out as far as how these changes are. But can you tell us a little bit of like what has changed sort of pre-June 15th versus post-June 15th for you and your team? So our team itself has gone through significant changes uh, in our in our membership, especially. So Ashley and myself are the two selling members on our team right now. We had two additional team members. Uh, Ashley and I would say would had a, a certain way that we visualized uh, working with the new rules. Uh, the the members that are no longer on our team uh, were not comfortable with it or couldn't quite see. Uh, their way through to to continue to do business in a similar fashion. So they have since gone on their own. Um, we are in the midst of, of looking at bringing on a couple of new members uh, in the next six months or so, and uh, we'll be continue to operate in a, in a fashion that's very similar to the way that we do business today. Um, where, and like I said, we're educating the consumers, we're working within the rules, um, but we're trying to not complicate it when we're communicating with the consumers. I really like what you said there about working within the rules. I think that's that's one of the reasons why I was so excited to speak with both you and Ashley is, is not only um, you know do I think highly of you from your production standpoint, but I also think highly of both of you from a professional standpoint. And it's it's all it's always a huge win when you can still continue to have a successful business, but well, not working around the rules, but working within them. So it, it's cool to hear you um, share that. Now, structurally, you're saying that it's actually not that different, other than maybe some personnel changes, but the actual mechanics of your team are are somewhat similar than they were before. So. Is it fair to yeah. say like the, the you're finding that there still are opportunities for buyers agents or associate agents to work within a, a model where there's a team leader and, and you know, shared listings? Yeah. So our experience working within the new rules uh, since June 15th, the way we operate now is if a buyer calls in and is interested in our property, we can educate them, let them know. In this instance, we work in the best sorry in the best interest of the seller, but we'd be happy to show you the property. We can get you any information that you need, and uh, we will go and show that property as an unrepresented party. Um, what we are not comfortable doing is if that person decides to pursue that property. Our personal choice is to connect them with a realtor that can represent their best interests in the transaction. So what it allows us to do is still kind of do the lead capture, the conversion, if that home is not right for that particular buyer and sell them something else as you know, is usually the case. They see that house is not quite right. They'd like to keep looking. And in that case, we can modify our relationship with them and, of course, work in their best interest to find them a house that does work. Uh, that's fascinating. And and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, <clears throat> that sort of buyer journey, so to speak, with Ashley towards the, uh, the end of today's conversation. But um, so you obviously you have two responsibilities, well, two major responsibilities on the team. 
uh, and a lot of other ones, I'm sure. But you have the the hat of being the team leader, uh, but then you mm -hmm. also have the the hat of of being the lead listing agent. So you're actually going out and meeting with uh, sellers or potential sellers of real estate in Nanaimo and having these conversations with them. I, I'm curious how how has your conversation changed with them right from when they call your office because they're looking for a home evaluation, what, what's different now post June 15th for you? On the listing side of the business, I can't say it's a dramatic change. Uh, what we tend to do is before the listing appointment, we will email them uh, an appointment confirmation as well as a summary of the DORT and the privacy notice which we attach to that email and then we can have that discussion once we get to the uh, owner's home uh, and we're doing the evaluation of the property and i find it actually gives us a way to build on the relationship and kind of build that trust because you know if somebody comes in and isn't going to be offering them representation because they're evaluating home i think it gives us a bit of a leg up to be able to explain that you know we treat you like our client, even though you haven't hired us yet. We're acting in your best interest already. And I think that builds trust. Mm -hmm. Have people been pretty receptive to that? Like what's, what's the general um, consensus amongst clients that you're talking to about these changes? Well, Do they even care? I'm I'm shocked how many actually read the information that we send and attach. I thought it would just be one of those things that, you know, I have to go over again in detail because they weren't, paying attention essentially, but it, I think people are interested because it's been such a newsworthy item. Um, the conversations, people are being very receptive. Uh, it's not like the relationship has actually changed. It's just simply that we're identifying the relationship, which we didn't really do before. You know, we get them to sign a working with a realtor, you know, at the last minute, but uh, yeah. we wouldn't really explain what the relationship meant the way we do today. Well, and that's a, that's a key point. And, and I think uh, I forgot right off the top to do my uh, disclaimer whenever we talk about this is uh, none of us have a managing broker's license. Is that correct, guys? <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. So for, for um, you know, all of our, of our fans who are watching this either live or, or after the fact, um, you know, if, if you like the message that you're hearing, please make sure you run everything by your managing broker because you want to make sure you're getting the best possible advice for you specifically. I think that's a really key point, but I will say um, having the pleasure of working with a couple different managing brokers within our organization, um, one of the things that they constantly point out to me is agency itself hasn't changed. It's, it's really the disclosure requirements or, or when we have to introduce the conversation to, of agency and, and there's new forms. So um, it's really not agency. So that's a great point. Now, are there any forms that you have found to be tricky or cumbersome, Graham, that's either slowed the process uh, down or hurt your business? None that have hurt my business. I do the, the disclosure of, uh, expected remuneration to what is it? The DSER disclosure of sellers expected remuneration. I do find quite annoying myself and it's simply a timing thing. It, it has nothing to do with having to disclose my commission because that's not a secret. Uh, but if I'm out and about on the road and, and I get an offer and I want to send it to my client so they can take a look at it, I find it slows the process down because I want to, I need to make sure that they're getting this information when I send that offer through to them. So that's probably one that I found to be more cumbersome than the other ones. 
Yeah, myself. fair enough. Fair enough. And hopefully if, uh, if multiple offers become less and less common, that will be less and less of a challenge. Um, but it is still something that slows the process down. Uh, I'm curious, Graham, I mean, you've, you have a lot of experience both as a team leader and a listing agent. Um, is there, do you have any advice that, that you'd like to give any you know te, uh, potential team leaders or current team leaders that are maybe were concerned about these changes? Like, is there anything that comes to mind that uh, maybe just some words of encouragement? Because uh, you know as well as I do, there were some people who were feeling uh, a little nervous around these changes about whether their business model would stay relevant. Um, you know, what would you say to someone who's maybe feeling mm -hmm. a bit uneasy? Well, it's interesting coming from a guy that uh, we're in a rebuilding phase because we did lose two team members. So I know the pain of that, having somebody that's not willing to work within the structure that you want. Uh, that said, I'm quite excited that we're going to be rebuilding with uh, agents that do want to work within our system. But we haven't had any issues. We've actually picked up some business when we... Um, when we've had phone calls from people and listing agents refuse to show people their listing. So we get the phone call, which we probably wouldn't have before. So we've actually picked up some business uh, from because of the new rules. But um, I would just say that you've got to structure your business the way that you're comfortable, design things ahead of time so that you're not surprised when they come into play. So if you decide that you're going to show your own listings to unrepresented parties, and write offers, make sure you've got all of the dialogues and everything uh, set out ahead of time. For our team, like I said, we will show a listing uh, to an unrepresented party, but we're not comfortable writing offers for unrepresented parties. We just feel like that's a bit too much of a, a red flag to the council and um, and just just a big old bucket of hot water. Yeah, fair, fair enough. And, and I think it's fair to say like, with these new rules, as you say, you had you had previous team members who didn't feel comfortable about it. The rules have changed, and, and fair enough. Um, I, you know, one of the things that was really a big takeaway for me was uh, Maureen Coleman. I can't remember her current position at the council, but I remember her at a presentation here in Victoria saying, like, this is really about risk management. You know, how much risk are you willing to take on? Because there's always going to be risk in in every business. So um that's that's great advice i appreciate the the candor on that and uh, i wish you the best of luck with with your hiring for your next wave of, of team members now uh we're going to transition over to ashley so so graham i know you have to uh get some traveling you're currently in victoria you're heading up to nanaimo soon so uh if you want to hit the road you're welcome to do that because <laughs> it's all about ashley now we've been waiting <laughs> thanks for having me Bryn. no worries thanks so much okay Okay. Ash, are you there? I'm here. Oh, man. Glad that Graham guy's gone. I know. He's always trying to steal the spotlight, right? <laughs> <laughs> he actually he, uh, is still in the lobby section. He can hear us. He just can't oh, say anything. So. Well, you know. <laughs> well, you know. That's awesome. Well, Ash, I really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and sharing a little bit of your experience. So um, maybe just give us a little bit of uh, a catch up on on who you are. So you, you've you've been licensed now for a couple of years, I believe. Yep, two years this yeah. month. Um, I started on the team, so uh, I'm used to working in a team environment uh, pre and post uh, rule changes. Um, yeah, I work primarily with buyers. I do work with with sellers, but uh, the majority of my business is definitely on on the buy side as of now. Right. Okay. So you've you've had, as you say, um, 
experience both on as as pre-June 15th rules and now as, as the current rules. So, yeah. you know, from your perspective, what's changed? Honestly, I don't think much has changed. Uh, for me, the biggest thing is just disclosure. I think at the end of the day, uh, for me, it just changes a little bit of the conversation that I have up front with my clients. But how I'm conducting my business is really no different than the way it was pre-June 15th. So not a lot has changed? No. For me, it honestly hasn't. I still take listing leads uh, from our team, still take uh, team phone calls. I still show our own listings. Um, The only difference is what I would do if I were in the situation where I had a client who wanted to purchase one of our team listings. I would refer that client out um, just because I believe that if it comes down to actually doing a transaction, there are enough good realtors that I can refer that client out at that point and give them proper representation. And then we avoid having to recuse ourselves as well. So fair enough. Fair enough. So um, Graham was alluding to one of the forms, um, uh, it being the disclosure of, uh, of, of trading services or representation, uh, the Dort or Dorts as we like to call it now. Um, can you, can a little bit of how that, uh, that form works into your workflow because obviously working on a team, generally a a real estate team is going to have a listing inventory. Uh, Most teams are built on leading with listings and and that listing inventory then creates uh, inquiries, be it, you know, phone calls, sign calls, people walking in the office or more common these days, an internet inquiry. And, and that puts you as someone who's fielding those, those inquiries in a bit of a, a more challenging position today than it did say June 14th. Totally. What's your process like now to be able to uh, work within the rules while also yeah. being able to continue to build your business? Yeah. Well, I think what's really important is what we kind of touched on earlier, which is it's all about managing risk, right? So where do you fall on that risk pendulum? Um, so in for me, in my business, um, I know that I can answer factual information about a property. So um, I can, without presenting a Dort, you know, tell someone what the property taxes are, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, things like that. Um, So typically when I get an inquiry, I'll respond to the factual questions. I ask them that age old question, are you working with a realtor? (laughs) Um, And if they say no, um, then of course that would be the time when I would introduce uh, the Dort. So as soon as we start to get any dialogue back and forth, I just kind of slide it in there casually. I just say, are you aware of the new uh, rules that came into place for realtors uh, as of June 15th? Yes or no. Um, and I, you know, either way, I make sure I acknowledge that I'm required to show them this disclosure um that i'm still happy to show them the property um however i can only answer factual information about the property i cannot provide any professional advice in this instance because i do represent the seller i also give them the option at that point to be referred to another realtor if they're not comfortable with seeing it unrepresented fair enough and and uh, could you maybe give us a ballpark like say the 90 days leading up to June 15th versus the 90 days after. I mean, when you have those conversations, say with 10 people who inquire, um, how many of them just say, no, this is, I'm not comfortable seeing it versus saying, yeah, that's fine. I just want to see the house. 
I've had it happen one, one time since June 15th. So, I mean, that's like one time where they actually said, no, I'm not comfortable seeing it with you. Yeah. And I said, no problem. Let me connect you with another, another realtor that I know is, you know, ethical and trustworthy and blah, 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 blah. Um, but that's one out of a hundred. Yeah. Very, very low low percentage that aren't comfortable with it. I think at the end of the day, it's all about disclosure. And as long as you make people aware of the parameters that we're working within, it's, it's all about consumer education and consumer protection. And I think if you acknowledge that when you share the form with them, they like, they respect that, right? That we're doing our jobs. We're working within the parameters of our jobs and um, we're here to facilitate what they want, which is to purchase a home. And we have to work within the guidelines to do that. Yeah. You're you're leading with professionalism. Like you're using a professional process as a way to give service and, and hopefully win them over as clients eventually if, if they uh, don't buy that house. And actually that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you. So again, I'm going to give another disclaimer or, or a caveat is please talk to your managing broker if you (laughs) have questions on this. But my, my understanding is uh, if Graham has a listing uh, that is, it's his client, because you're a team, by definition, you're still, you, Ashley, are a designated agent of that home seller. Yeah. And and the inquiry would come to you. Uh, you would follow up with that person. You'd follow the process that you just laid out, you know, explaining the agency, you know, offering to show it as an unrepresented party. As you say, very few people have declined that offer. Um, and then you would go and show the home as a unrepresented third party, or you, you would not be providing agency at that point. Is that correct? Exactly. So I just have the conversation with them either on the phone, honestly, most times both. I have it on the phone. I have it again at the door because I think yeah. it's important. Um, yeah. I, even if I email them the door ahead of time, which I most often do, I still bring the door with me to the home. And I just say to them, like, just a reminder, as we discussed, um, my colleague Graham Parker does have Uh, this listing and in the eyes of the law we are one person so I'm happy to take you through this home I can answer factual information about the property for you but I cannot provide you any advice regarding price or putting in an offer on the home so if we get in the home and you hate it tell me right away let's get out and move on if we get in there and you love it tell me I'll refer you to a realtor who I trust, who I know will give you the representation that you need and act in your best interest. And I'll have them bring you back through the home and then they can advise you on this property. And most people are like, okay, great. No problem. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, another option there would be, um, you know, working with a realtor that you're not referring, right? Like they, if they have, if they have another one they're comfortable with, um, cause the thing we always have to be cautious with the referrals. Now we have extra disclosure requirements over receiving a, a referral feedback for that introduction. Yeah. I think that's really important to add in there. So yeah. I do always tell them that, uh, Graham and I have referral partners in the office yeah. who we work with, who we trust. However, if they, you know, if their cousin's husband is a realtor, they have a realtor they're already familiar with, they're welcome to call them as well. So that's a good point. That's, that's awesome. Um, and, and just in terms of the actual showing experience, I mean, you've, you've shown, I'm, I'm sure, uh, dozens, if not hundreds of homes at this point, uh, and, and happy two years, by the way, that's awesome. Um, 
what what's the difference like when you're showing a home to a unrepresented third party uh, versus showing your client? Because you know I get that we have their personal information when they're clients and and they're maybe sharing more things, but generally speaking, people are mostly talking about the house when they're in the house. Or is that the case? Or maybe tell us a little bit about the process. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, one thing that I have found with the new rules is if it's in an instance where um, I'm showing them houses and uh, we're going to go on to view more properties or I've showed them homes before but in this particular case I'm taking them through as an unrepresented party in a way I find it's helped my business because they get in and they say you know what I don't like it and great like sometimes I have found before with clients, it's hard to get them to say to you, I don't like it. They feel like, you know, they're in a house. They don't want to waste your time. They brought you here to show this home. So they kind of look around where here they know that if they tell me that they're not interested in it, we can move on and continue our relationship in a more I guess, dynamic way. I don't know if that's the right word, but mm-hmm. you know, we can move on to other properties and we can speak more freely. So I find it kind of prompts them to just say, you know what? I don't like this. Thanks for bringing me here, but let's go on to the next one. So I think in a way, and, it, and is that, a, that's been something that has happened to you since uh, the new rules yeah. is you've had someone who was unrepresented, uh, saw the house, decided for whatever reason it wasn't for them and then continued on working with you as your client and your providing agency. Almost always. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's that's good Almost to know. Now, I mean, we all have, let's put in the caveat: we're all realtors. We've all showed houses to people who say they aren't working with a realtor, and then they are. Yeah. So, yeah. in which you know, you would send them back to your realtor. But um, I think you're crazy if you're not, uh, in my opinion, uh, showing your own listings. Yeah. There you go. So risk tolerance wise. And that's, and it's interesting because, you know, we, we've uh, become friends over the years and I always know you as a very thorough person and, and you always are dotting your I's and crossing your T's. So to hear you um, feel as confident about the ability to do it without crossing any lines is, is very comforting to hear. Um, I want to ask you also about the situation that you find yourself in. So in your workflow, uh, the team has the listing you're getting the inquiry, you're not offering agency, you're doing all the disclosures, you meet them there, they they don't like the house, but they love you, you go in and uh, work with them, but then they go, you know what, Ash, after looking at 10 homes, we yeah. really like the one we met you in now, now that we are educated. What happens there? So in that instance, now I have, I'll just put the caveat, I haven't been in that situation, um, but I do discuss this scenario with my clients um, because like I said I think it's all about education I think if we educate our clients on the process and we prepare them um, it can go a lot smoother uh, so Graham and I have um, another team here in Nanaimo who a uh, two-person team as well so they're they're really good fit with us um, we like the way they do business. Uh, they do a comparable amount of business. So we kind of have an arrangement with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I was in that situation and I set this expectation, um, up with my clients from the get go, um, that this is an option if they don't already have a realtor who they would like to use in this instance. Um, but what I would do is I would, let's just assume mm-hmm. they don't have anyone else. I give them the option of being referred to um, these colleagues of mine and they're okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say, 
you know, let me call uh, my colleague. I'll have her make an appointment with you to take you through the home. And I think that's really important because I think in order to show your client that you're acting in their best interest, you have to have this person go through the home with them. Someone who can yeah. point out things about the home, who can advise them on the price of the home versus here, let me have so-and-so meet you at the office to write up the deal. Like how much can they advise you if they were never physically in the home with you? Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, we still want that other, the referred agent to build rapport with our clients, right? Because at that point, now we're in this together, right? right. They're going to carry yeah. our client through. And that's really when you have to set the expectation with your client that you're going to step back now yeah. because you represent the seller and this realtor is going to walk them through the transaction. And you know what? On closing day, I'll give you a call to congratulate you because then we're no longer in the risk of limited dual agency. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I really uh, like a lot of what you're saying there. And, and I think that's the part I remember um, my colleague Ian Thompson, managing broker at Remax and Nanaimo. One of the things he said when he was sort of uh, warming up to these rules, as we were leading to the, the rollout on June 15th, he says, you know, you, you're going to, realtors will have to become a little more comfortable with the idea that we're not going to necessarily um, sell a home to every client we're working with. There's going to be times where we have to tap out because it's just uh, with the rules being what they are, it's not what's best for the client and we have to always do what's in their best interest. So uh, mm -hmm. having said that, I, I do think when people make significant changes to their business model over a situation that only presents itself, you're telling me like one out of a hundred, you know, we're yeah. talking, we're dealing about, uh, there's times where, yeah, your client wants to write on one of your team listings and you have to back out and that sucks, but it doesn't sound to me like that's happening every day of the week. No. And even, you know, we looked back before these new changes came into play and our team last year, we were a team of four. I think we did, I don't know, 200, 200, somewhere two two ten. in let's, let's say 200 deals. And we double ended nine. Right. It's not a huge part of our business. You know, even if you have to refer those out, even if you end up getting 75% or 25% of the, of the commission, in my opinion, if I have to refer my client out and I only get 75 or 25, whatever the instance is, mm -hmm. but my client gets the house that they want and I did what was best for my client, I am totally okay with that. Yeah. Like at the yeah. end of the day, we have to go home feeling like, we did our job and we did our job mm -hmm. ethically. And I think it all comes back to where you fall on that, on that pendulum. And if I lose, you know, a couple commissions because of it, um, because I'm referring out, I am more comfortable with that than, mm -hmm. than treating someone as an unrepresented party when it comes to writing an offer. Yeah, my, I totally agree with you. My, my take is simply, we have to start with what's in the best interest of the client. Yeah. And Full stop. That's it. Yeah. You know, and, and if we get paid or we don't get paid, uh, you know, obviously we're in business. Uh, you know, this is our livelihood. But at the end of the day, a couple transactions a year hopefully will not be a differentiator about whether we're achieving our goals while helping our clients achieve theirs. Um, 
Now, this show is the target audience are realtors on Vancouver Island, not you know buyers and sellers of the public. So I'm speaking yeah. to realtors right now. And one of our realtors just uh, spoke to us, which is actually a colleague of ours, John Cooper. Okay. Um, John has a question. I'm going to bring it on screen here. He says, when sure. you're referring to another agent that is your preferred agent, what is the referral fee being paid by that agent? Now, you don't have to answer that question if you're not comfortable. I, I know that setting the tone, generally speaking, 25% is a professional referral. If I'm sending a, you know, a client uh, from Victoria to, to a realtor in Toronto, uh, and then generally speaking, team splits, if you're on a team, are usually 50-50. So I've seen, uh, John, for what it's worth, everything in between 25 and, and 50%. But I, I'm curious, Ashley, is there anything you want to offer on that conversation because you guys did a lot of research as we approached the June 15th deadline. Yeah, I mean, I think what's important uh, to note there is, John, as you'd be aware, is that there are different instances, right? So I think we have to consider um, is, the, is the referral a client or is it a lead? And um, what happens with that person if the deal falls apart? So um, there, there would be different remuneration depending on, on the outcome. So uh, the remuneration might be different. For example, if I showed up at Graham's listing, I showed this lead, someone who I have no previous relationship with, I show them Graham's listing, they want to write an offer, I refer them to, uh, to our referral partner, um, and that deal then collapses due to financing. Um, and then the referring agent continues to work with them because now they have the rapport from them. The referral agreement there would be different if versus I show my brother Graham's listing and um, well, that would get muddy anyways, but um, <laughs> we'll but use a I different show, example. Yeah. I show uh, a close friend uh, Graham, Graham's listing and uh, they want to write on it and I refer them and it falls apart due to financing or inspection that person is more likely to come back to me because we have that existing rapport. Um, right. But uh, typically 25%. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds, it sounds to me like you um, have actually taken it a step further, which is you've thought about different scenarios. So it might be a graduated scale of a referral fee or just expectations of whether that, that uh, client uh, would, would come back to you if the sale yeah. of that property doesn't go through versus carry on with the person that they're now working with. Totally, right? There's so many outcomes that could potentially happen. And I think the remuneration has to reflect that and that the remuneration for my, you know, helping my best friend versus John Doe, who I, you know, walked through a house for 15 minutes um, after one phone call, the, those are different scenarios. And the expectation of, of the outcome of that um, is different as well. So Ashley, I want to ask you one more question before we wrap up. So yeah. <clears throat> there are a lot of, of buyers agents and, and associates on team who uh, spend, you know, 80% or more of their, their time working on the buyer side of the business. Uh, you know, if, if you knew that there was some buyers agents right now on teams, be it in Nanaimo or anywhere else in Vancouver Island that were a little concerned, uh, maybe their team leader hasn't really bought into this as a viable, uh, you know, yeah. team environment. I mean, just what would you say to somebody who, who's maybe a little bit on the fence of whether or not they can actually make a livelihood as a buyer's agent on a team now with these new rules? 
Oh, um, I would say you absolutely can do it. Um, it's a little bumpy in the beginning. I mean, when I took my first my first lead call, I, I felt like I was starting from scratch again, stumbling through it. Um, but at the end of the day, as long as you are going over the disclosure with the client, you're, you're doing your job. And I think it's just practice makes perfect, right? So um, I would say do it for sure. Yeah, take the calls. Um, some will be bumpier than others. Some will be smoother than others. Um, but as long as you can produce the documentation that you are reviewing the DORT with clients, you're doing everything that you need to do to protect yourself. And I think that, you know, a good team brings you so much value. So, um, you know, to not go on a team because you're afraid of that, uh, would be unfortunate because the good definitely outweighs the risk in my opinion. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing your opinion. Uh, I know Graham has gone on, but I just want to say thank you to you and Graham for, for coming on and, and sharing, uh, your, your experience, your expertise and, and, uh, your positivity, your good vibes. I appreciate thanks it. Thanks for loving us. No problem. Okay. Well, thanks Ash. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Have a good day. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is Graham Parker and Ashley Metcalf from the Charlie Parker team at Remax of Nanaimo. Uh, they have been selling real estate in Nanaimo for a long time, and they've had a lot of experience in the pre-June 15th era, but uh, they, like many of our other teams uh, in, in, in the Nanaimo office and our Victoria offices, are, are finding their way uh, through and, and working within, not around the the new roles and and doing so uh with with a lot of success to show so i think that's really exciting uh you know i'm a big believer in the fact that there are challenges and opportunities everywhere and it really comes down to what are you going to focus on uh, i think leading with professionalism was always a winning strategy pre-june 15th and post-june 15th i think uh you know delivering a high degree of service uh, and and being competent, knowing your forms, knowing the the language. As Ashley said, uh, she spends a lot of time um, going through them, and it was a little clunky at first. But I guarantee you, the first time she didn't or she tried explaining the form, wasn't on the first client that she talked to. Uh, I, I know she's a big believer in in role playing and 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 going through scripts and whatnot. So if you're still not fully dialed in, um, now's the time. Take out the forms, read them from top to bottom. Talk to your managing broker uh, about how best to present it. Talk to some of the top producing agents in your office about how they've incorporated it. Because as I say, there are opportunities out there if you look for them. So thank you so much for your attention. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to catching you next time. Bye for now.